Okay, are you ready to get in some question and answer time? What we're here to do is answer some of your questions, try to get you back into the swing of things. Are you stuck in a rut? Are you lost in a ditch? Did you pick up something in Tijuana that kind of itches? Well, we're going to get into it here in the question and answer time of The Fizzle Show. At this point, I'd like to bring on stage our lovely, our talented, our big-headed and large-chested friend, Caleb Wojcik, (laughs) who's going to... Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show, the sounding board for a community of bootstrapped, gritty, gutsy folks who earn a living doing meaningful, independent work, or at least would like to. I mean, we're all trying to figure that out, right? Your hosts are, uh, if they were candy, Corbett would be dark chocolate-covered espresso beans, classy with a little bit of a zine. Caleb would be nice mints, cool, calming, and refreshing. And Chase would, of course, be gummy bears, no matter how you dress it up. Inappropriate for most situations. <laughs> that one comes to us from Michelle N. in an iTunes review. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Michelle. Uh, in this episode, we answer a couple listener questions about this. How do you grow up an adolescent business? What are the tactics to focus on to get you to the next stage? These questions from some listeners spark some, I think, some really great tips from from the guys. But first, we're going to jump right into some debriefing from the World Domination Summit, a conference that we go to just about every year. You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 64. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. Okay, so we're going to do some Q&A today from the listeners. The listeners have some questions. The listeners. And we've got some answers. Yeah. Uh, listen, and, and uh, two things. Number one, your father? a disclaimer. And number two, I want to talk for a minute about WDS. Um, number one, the disclaimer. Listen, you know why we do these Q&A stuff, right? It's not because there's like some answer about this stuff or that like what we say is better than what you think or or, or vice versa. Really, there's one... <laughs> we've been doing a lot of talking about this. There's, we like the sound of our own voice. The, principally. Voices. That. Second of all, there's basically one... You have one job. You have one job. In the whole world right now, you have one job. You know what that is, Corbett? Don't quit. Don't quit. You have one job. It's to don't quit. <laughs> it's to don't quit. I'll say it again. You could tweet this out. You have one job. It's to don't quit. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Listen, there are like... 197 blog posts that list out 135 things you've got to do as an entrepreneur doing to, to be succeed. to be one of the top 135 online entrepreneurs or something like that. There's a lot of great tips. There's a lot of great tactics. There's a lot of things that are working right now that aren't going to work tomorrow. There's a lot of things that worked yesterday that don't work today. There's a lot of things that uh, that you could do and a lot of ways you could feel like you don't have what you need to get started. Mm-hmm. But those are that those are that if if you could get anything out of out of all of our podcasts all of our blog posts all of our emails if you're not on the email list you'd like it because we just share our podcasts in our emails and our i mean our blog posts and all of those things add up to if you add them all together they just add up to listen just don't quit yeah you know we're in some ways we're thinking about rebranding not rebranding fizzle but like right now the 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 homepage of fizzle the the product that we have for sale which is a community and and pro training We've up to now really promoted the pro training stuff because we thought that's what the solution is, is that you don't have the answers to these questions and we can show you in a quick, you know, chewable video way that you're going to love to watch. Here's how to do the things. 
Yeah, you need to watch about seven videos like that we have in our thing. Just go do it because it'll change the way you look at your business and it'll change the way you approach uh, your business. It'll teach you how to solve someone's problem instead of try to like, you know, who am I? What am I here for? Oh my God, like how yeah. could I, you know, it'll, 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 it'll direct you and you need, it'll take you about 60 minutes to be directed. And then yep. you're like for the rest of your life, like, okay, that, that changed everything about now what you need more than anything else is a community, some sort of a thing to keep you from quitting. Right, because so we're saying don't quit, but the yeah. best way to make sure that you don't quit is to change your reality. Yeah, no, I mean, and to steep yourself in entrepreneurship by being around other people who yeah. are really focused on it. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. you could you could hear you know, one of the things, probably one of my favorite stuff, some of my favorite stuff in in Fizzle uh, is the what we call founder stories. They're interviews with other people who have done the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And essentially, these are these are. Um, you could call them case studies. You could call them whatever you want. I call them a journey of someone not quitting, <laughs> of someone don't quitting, essentially. <laughs> or quitting a lot of things and these are people the who don't yeah. quit on. Exactly. These are, these are people who don't did quit. They did, they did, they did don't quit. Yeah. They it, just don't quit. Right. It's <laughs> our new shirt slogan. Um, so if there's one thing you get out of these Q&As and, and about, out of anything that we do, you guys, there are no right answers. Nope. And and even uh, we were uh, we were having a chat with a, a friend in town here in Portland who is a very successful entrepreneur, very very successful. And yeah, uh, he has like uh, two hundred Twitter followers or something like that. Yeah, like we're talking top tier stuff. Yeah, like I think two hundred and seventeen as of this growing every day. Once you get to that one fifty, I know it just takes growing. off. It, it just, just takes, takes off. off. There's like one a, one a day. Yeah. from that point <laughs> on. So he he said um, that. He's just shocked at how much of it is luck. And you never know what's going to take off. And just looking back on all the things he's done, how surprised he was at the things that really worked and the things that didn't necessarily. And we would be lying to you if we didn't say that there was a lot of luck involved and being at the right place in the right time. But the point is, you'll never be in the right place at the right time if you give up right now. Mm -hmm. And even if this one thing that you're working on right now doesn't end up being the thing, just staying in the game and learning and improving yeah. whatever that that's sets a you really up. big point that 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 like caleb you mentioned just the same thing even if you quit one thing you're not quitting being a builder of things right um and and it's not that like there to me there's no difference between being an entrepreneur and working for someone else they both you gotta you gotta have some sort of self-directive sort of thing going on you gotta have some autonomy you gotta have some creativity you gotta be engaged these are just the, the recipes for being engaged in a job for not burning out on it, right? You could be working for my my dream is that that the the biggest companies doing the most important work in the world. That my dream is that Tesla hires everybody and they make a cra- an amazing place to work at, and you feel you feel fulfilled. You feel like you're on top of the world. You feel like you're there. You're mo- you're meant to be there. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's my dream, right? But uh, it's also not happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's happening. true. It's true. And so a lot of us are, we're we're. Re- Going back into like like we used to be, you know, several hundred years ago, where it was like before the industrial revolution, we were figuring out what we wanted to do, or we were doing what Dad did. We were cobblers and cobblestoners and and <laughs> shoemakers and farmers and shit. like it was just it was a lot of stuff that we would do uh, because that's what you did. But it wasn't like some big corporate deal. Yeah, you know, wouldn't and, it be great? That that is my dream that employment in general just becomes yeah. this incredible thing where. You contribute as much as you want. Yeah. You get rewarded for what you contribute. You feel like you're, you, you are a part of the success of the overall thing. You yeah, get because to work there are some important want. problems being solved yeah. right now by bigger entities than like for me. One of the big things was always music, getting good music. 
I was a I was pirating music for years upon years, not because just because like that's what you did, right? Um, and now I subscribe to Audio every month, and I don't know all the details of how an artist is getting paid. I don't know this, that, and the other, but but the truth is. Audio at and, least it's above board for you. And, like yeah. the, the audio and Sonos put music back in my life, mm. and get like I am so grateful for those two services. And it could have been Spotify, could have been whatever, but just yep. you know, and Sonos in general as a specific. You're Sonos so specific, right. Like they gave me something so central that used to be so central to my life back to me in the hustle and bustle of being a dad and having you know a marriage and trying to make all that work and still having energy at the end of the day and like. It's just, it's wonderful. I love that. That's an important problem to solve. And those are big companies, venture back, doing the things. These aren't, those aren't one person. None, none, of, those, none yeah. of those things are bad things. Yeah. If you can solve an interesting problem, just don't go work for Shell. <laughs> you know, don't go, don't go, don't yeah. go whore out, whore out the natural resources of the world. Yeah. I guess is what I'm getting at. No, but anyway, sorry, we're going on a rant. The point being, with all these question and answer stuff that we've ever done, with, with all the blog posts and all the, all the podcasts that we've done, Really, there's one big takeaway that there's no right answer, and we're all figuring this out as we as we we're as we go. Right? There's things that you're going to hear from Corbett Barr's story, or from Caleb Wadrick's story, or from Steve Cam's story, or from Pat Flynn, or from the suitcase entrepreneur Natalie Sisson, or from who knows where. Right? From Seth Godin, from uh, freaking Pam Slim, from whoever. Yep. Right? There's a lot of stuff that's worked in the past. Right? And and the question. The question for all of us is is really like, how do I be me? I mean, and what's going to work for you? And 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 only you know that answer. And, and totally, or only you can find that answer by doing the work that it takes to. And there's just out. so many variables, and and I'm just so sick of people expecting an easy button. I'm so sick of. Well, then what I mean by that is like we all expect that. We all want that more than anything else. Like the whole Staples easy button. Thing. We want the tactic yeah. that that you apply and just it works. Yeah. But when then you, it's an empty win, isn't it? Even if that tactic works, you're like, uh, I didn't learn anything from that, and I didn't ways, really do yeah, the work. Because the, like Stephen Pressfield says, the, the real work is figuring it's out like winning how, the lottery. how to speak in your own voice. Yeah, Like the 10,000 hours thing. That, uh, anyways, we've talked about that before. Uh, okay, sorry. I just, you know, wow. so, which brings us to our second point. I mean, we're, 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 we're pretty aspirational, we're pretty interested right now, and, and curious about the big questions, because we just, we just got back from, from WDS. Uh, in fact, Corbett, you're World still in Domination town. World Domination Summit. Uh, from that, and and it was this was great because because Corbett, Caleb, and Barrett Brooks, oh, the whole mem- the whole t- Fizzle team, and you guys haven't really talked to Barrett Brooks yet, unless you've been inside Fizzle because he's very active there. Um, and we got to figure out a way to get him on the show. more. Yeah, we should because uh, we just we you know they all slept in my basement. We had Fizzle dorm room down here. In the basement, it was just like there was there was Cheetos and Doritos everywhere, mm. and everybody was playing video games. It smelled like, like feet till four in the morning. It smelled like feet. It was man sauce <laughs> uh, everywhere, and um, it was just it was great for that reason alone. Like that was awesome. That's yeah. like it, let, let's do a little debrief of WDS. Some lessons learned for me. Okay. okay, number one, it would not have been as good if we weren't all in the same house. I don't think. It was great. It was really cool to be traveling you just together. Can't plan what's going to happen at one thirty when you're nope. all winding down. Nope. And, yeah. well, and you get you just, the after hours hangout time yeah. and like the before. And we always yep. went to breakfast too. That was helpful. And always going for breakfast at Jam on Hawthorne, which is so great. We just jammed out. We just jammed. It the was hell our out. jam. It was our jam. So, uh, go, like, if you wanted to to win big at a next conference, get with like four people and do. Uh, an airbnb or, or something like that like there was this is like probably one of my favorite things i've ever seen is the fizzle house on mississippi big huge shout out to julia who put that together 
Uh, check out her and her husband at a bar and above, a bar above dot com, which is amazing if you're into cocktails. Um, and she like kind of got an Airbnb, organized, uh, you know, sent the word out to a bunch of fizzlers who wants to stay in this with us, and they all there was like a whole dormitory of fizzlers. Like how many people? Rant- People from other countries. Like there was eight, yeah. There yeah. were married people. There were single people. There Ugh. were young people. There were old people. It was just a whole... It was amazing. I, like experience. So we went over and visited one morning, uh, and and that was awesome. So to me, that like is a total, like another like new lesson learned on... If you really want to make a conference awesome, find some people from internet to like just... And yeah, okay, well, but what, if they, what if they snore when they sleep? What if they uh, even their toenails? Yeah, out in front, even out in if you only do it with um, with like a couple of people, yeah. I've I've just shared rooms with people before. That's a great way to do it too. I've yeah. I've shared rooms with uh, I shared with Derek Halpern one year at a conference with Scott Dinsmore with Baron Corbett. Quadro, and me. Yeah, and uh, you end up with a little bit of a critical critical mass if you have a roommate because it's like you know what are you doing? What are you doing? And then and yeah. then people just kind of follow you guys yeah. around or whatever. Yeah. It's a good way to meet people and hang it's, out. It is. It is. So that, that's a big, that's a big lesson learned. Yep. Overall, for me, it was a great. It was the first time I've been at a conference um, where I really like. I already had like because this isn't our, our. You know when you go to a conference like several years in a row mm-hmm. and you just kind of like now you have friends. Yep. And like you know Seth Godin could walk in and I, I still wouldn't even I wouldn't. You're like, I don't think you're like oh hey Seth I got to go talk to I don't think I'd want I, I'd Steve. love to, I'd love to meet Seth yeah. right but like I. I I was just too interested in, in like all like the friends that I was reconnecting with mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It was the first time ever where it wasn't like, oh yeah, what, oh what are they doing? Where are they going off to? Oh yeah, where are they going to go? Oh, where are the people going? You know, it's yeah. like it was just like, fuck you, I got my friends. We're going to do our, we're yep. going to go over here and do this thing. And we were also really inclusive the whole time, uh, which was awesome. Like there was a bunch of there was a crew with us wherever we went. And at the same time, now for the first time having like the smallest, tiniest little platform where people would might maybe recognize me. That's never happened before. And like people like wanting to talk and stuff, which is great, but I need to do better. How many gluten free crackers did you get offered? <laughs> I didn't get any offered. What? But a lot of people liked to, to Your say Your son's going to starve. I know he's going to starve. But uh, but I needed to, to I need to be a lot more intentional about like we need to go okay grab everybody who's who's being like hurt like just like all of our audience in one place and then okay do that let's do solid one and a half hours before we just burn out and then let's get out and and like everybody just go someplace by themselves like on their phone and just like stroll through you know like seriously just scrolling through twitter like in a conference environment where you're just like oh my god just mi- mindless mindless it's like so rejuvenating i mean to be honest this is the first time that we can podcast in the past week and a half because yeah. my voice was blown so for, it was, mine. It was yeah. horrible i could any and now i got my falsetto back thank you this is great i'm glad so caleb what do you what do you got uh, my biggest takeaway for conferences is always to show up early or stay later both if you can because that's when the smaller group conversations yeah. and hangouts and stuff like that happen. And if you do it before the conference, like the first night we went to a rooftop and hung out with a bunch of people, like that was the only time I saw a bunch of those people too, because there was just so many people at the conference. And then like the last night we just had a small little dinner party and that was the best too. So it's like the before and after usually is the better conversation that you have. Uh, totally. And I like for me, the, the, the night at the end uh, where we got to go out to, to Pock Pock, uh, with pock, pock. like six of us to some restaurant that we could net like we would net pock, pock. the whole during the week the whole time there was there was never a, a moment where if we you had were gonna go to than, dinner it was forty people yeah yeah and so there's no way to get into one of the you know one of the West Coast's like most popular restaurants like with, yeah. with forty people um, though I did also learn that having a pretty clutch like last drink of the night place 
like here we did Easy Company, mm-hmm. and be able to to take in one a, that you can bring thirty that you people can bring into thirty people to that worked out pretty well, and they were great cocktails and French fries. It's so critical. Yeah, the two a.m. Yeah, dirty French fries and last cocktail. Yeah, and I got to say, uh, for people listening to this who haven't gone to conferences or maybe they they want to get to know certain people, if you just hang out till the wee hours of the night, you'll find yourself next to somebody that you never thought you'd be like yeah. sharing the last cocktail with at the end yeah. of the night. Yeah, but it happens. But at the same time, part of me is like, you know what? We could also just retire at about ten. Like, just set the alarm and be like, whatever happens. What did we say? Nothing good happens after <laughs> after two. Yeah. After two, yeah, certainly after two. But even before then, like, I always respected the people who were like gone during those late night things. Yeah, it's like action. You're like, you know what? They're probably it's uh, yeah. at home sleeping. Action and- happens at late night stuff, but like. Nothing it's not that good. important. No, you know. But I, I mean, some of it. Like I was made for that. Like I, I, I love that. I love being out late, and I love, love being who I am in those environments. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't know Steve Cam today if it weren't for a three a.m. run in with a rickshaw full of bachelorettes. <laughs> so I'm just gonna save that for later. <laughs> We're just <laughs> so uh, I gotta say, you know, I to me, and this is kind of inside baseball. I know a lot of people listening to this don't go to WDS. Yeah. It's a great one. We recommend it. Um, it is. It really is great. I mean, if you can get a ticket, get one and do the thing. It's one of the few conferences that we make a point of attending every year. Uh, and I have to say this year to me was the second best WDS. The the first best being the very first year. And, and that's partly because it was 500 people then sure. and now it's 3,000 people. So yeah. it's hard to recreate that magic. And also there was just a lot of pent up energy amongst the people that attended the first year yeah. who wanted to get to know each other from online and in the real world. But this year, I felt like they did a couple of things right in terms of the way they structured it. So it wasn't just talk after talk after talk. They had Saturday afternoon was just open, for example. Yeah. You know, everybody was mingling out in the park and... I don't know. It, they they did something Saturday. right. In the park. I think it was the 4th of July. <laughs> Sorry, that's my thighs. Is that you do a good Peter Satara thigh drumming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's just a little WDS. We had so much fun meeting so many fizzlers and so many people who listen to the show. It was it it was really really wonderful. To meet people and and everybody who who knew of us, we we gave we made these shirts called uh, with a big beautiful script on the front, heart and hustle, because um, that's sort of what it takes to at, at least that's what it at, at the bare minimum. Uh, and uh, those that was actually a shirt that the Fizzlers voted on. Yeah, inside Fizzle, and they said they like that much. Don't quit and blend equal parts, heart and hustle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably wouldn't be listening to the show if you didn't have a good deal of that. No, you know? but it's interesting because when, when I hear other people reflect our philosophy, whatever it is, that when they distill it down and they yeah. reflect it to other people, somebody was complaining about how something about we didn't have AdSense training or something. I forget what it was. Sure, yeah. And someone chimed in and they said, well, hey, the Fizzle guys don't preach AdSense kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was in a comment on a yeah. blog recently. What they talk about is creating value for your, uh, your audience. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I guess that is it. It's like yeah. creating something of value for people you care about. Yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like, I, I, I could be pigeonholed into that bento box. You are. You're already I could, pigeonholed. I, I could. You're that annoying guy who just talks about making things that matter for people you care about. Gosh darn it. What a one-trick pony. <laughs> I, I kind of get that already. I was looking for some more advanced stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Some oh, more another thing stuff. we did was we did a, a, a this was actually really cool. Chris Gilbo asked us to do a WDS Academy, which is like a new thing that he was doing this year, uh, where it's like these four hour seminars essentially on a on a specific topic. And so Corbett and I and Caleb and Barrett all did one on um, what did we do on on. Finding and refining yeah. a great business idea. And it was really cool. It was fun to do that. Because when we do that, like Corbett prepares his stuff and I prepare my stuff. And then we, we vaguely know like what we're going to be talking about. We food processor. But then we, then we kind of go back and forth and do it. And, and so it, it feels very energetic. And we had lots of exercises. And it sounds like my favorite. My favorite was when the, uh, this woman named Kay came up to me. And she handed me this little piece of paper uh, with written on it was a URL. And she said, I want you to put this URL on your calendar for five years from now to check it. Because if there's something there, it came out of this workshop. And I was like, ah, yeah! And then she gave me a book that her like 11-year-old daughter wrote. It was so cool. I That's loved great. it. I loved it. That's great. Warm, yeah. That just warms the cockles of my heart <laughs> whenever you say that sort of thing. My favorite was, I was when... Gonna stay- <laughs> I was going to stay above the belt. <laughs> My favorite was when uh, a woman came up to us and said, you know, I, I really appreciate this. This is absolutely worth the price of admission. But could you put a photo up with your names on it again? Because you're all 30-ish something white dudes with names that are really similar. And I don't know who's you three doing. were all wearing plaid. Yeah, yeah. So we're, oh, yeah. that's shirt. right. Yeah. Wearing yeah. plaid. That's yeah. right. Oh, God. that was, and it's, so, and it's so true. Like, the dumbest things. It's the dumbest things. Yeah. That literally it takes an outsider to see. When you were just upstairs, I just was chatting with Caleb about the fact that if you can't keep my name straight, because you call me Caleb like three times a day. Yeah. yeah. If you can't do it, then people who don't know us really can't it's do gonna it. It's going to come to a point where we're going to need to just create a a, a, a fake character. Who's, yeah. Who's just, like a dude wearing a banana sweater yeah. holding a pineapple. Hello, I <laughs> am Richard from Fizzle. The face of Fizzle. Exactly. <laughs> You need to make something solve someone's problems. <laughs> That's just how you're going to talk now? I just picture him like walking around like a model on stage. It's like a robot. Sort of robot. <laughs> I am a synthesized version of all Corbett, Caleb, Chase, oh, it's and be... Barrett. <laughs> all of us together. All of us together in one synthesized version. I like that. And then it drops a watch bomb now and then. Um, Okay, are you ready to get in some question and answer time? What we're here to do is answer some of your questions, try to get you back into the swing of things. Are you stuck in a rut? Are you lost in a ditch? Did you pick up something in Tijuana that kind of itches? Well, we're going to get into it here (laughs) in the question and answer time of The Fizzle Show. At this point, I'd like to bring on stage our lovely, our talented, our big-headed and large-chested friend, Caleb Wojcik, (laughs) who's going to... Okay, so Caleb, we got some question and answer time. We're gonna hope hope that it, that that it works. We are having. So what do you got for us, Caleb? <laughs> so, uh, all right, Caleb, you got something, uh, some questions for us. Let's get into it. Yeah. So we have three around quote turning pro. So this first one here comes from Shana. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, thanks for all the awesome topics you cover on your show. Um, one thing I'd love to see an episode on is strategies for taking an adolescent business to an adult business. What I mean by that is, you know, when you're at the level where your business is rolling, you've got a steady stream of sales coming in, um, great feedback from customers, and you're supporting yourself with your business kind of at a basic level, you know, no frills yet, how to take your business from that level 
up to a much more profitable and comfortable level um, without, you know, exploding the growth so fast that you can't control it. Uh, that's kind of the stage I'm at right now. And I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that stage of entrepreneurship. So I hope to see a podcast about it soon or a blog post. Thanks a lot. Take care. What if it's just a tweet? What if what if we just produce a tweet about it? What if we didn't blog or podcast? We just tweeted. Yeah. To Shayna. She gets 133 characters. Oh, because we have to include her name. Yeah, it's probably at Shayna something. <laughs> could be. I mean, we could just give it a shot right now. I'm guessing. What would your tweet say? Uh, mine would say, first, chill out. Okay. And then? And then? Second, it'll all work itself out. And then that, that's it. And then you're like, third, profit. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Steve Cam has the the, <laughs> the, the underwear gnome. The underwear gnomes. <laughs> Caleb told that on a podcast once. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, Shana, this is a great question. I love this. So it sounds like let me let me reiterate this here. Uh, Caleb told me if I'm if I'm hearing wrong at all. She says, okay, basically got a a basic business, no frills, but adolescent. She said adolescent got it, but it sounds like we're we're getting. She's a got an of, engine for revenue though. She, yeah, it sounds yeah. like yeah, we have a little bit of income, a little trickle. Yep. And how do we then? How do we then grow that? How do we, how do we, what do I do to, to, you know, go from an adolescent to an adult? And I would actually, I would actually argue in favor of let's change those terms to go from infant to toddler, <laughs> basically. Yeah, Cause right. I just realized recently, even with ours, this has happened several times in my life where I think I'm a lot further ahead than I am. And then reality hits and I realize I'm like 10 stages back. And then I have to do the mental gymnastics to go like, I have to be okay with that because immediately it's like gut wrenching mm-hmm. to real. Like I did this happen recently with Fizzle, where I realized, oh my god, we are an infant business. We we have no idea. We're just starting to figure out who we are and what what we actually make. Just beginning to. And I thought we were like rock stars and badasses and things like that. Nope, we're brand new, brand, fresh, fresh. We're like you know babies, and uh, so I have to come to terms with that. And then kind of gird my loins. There's a lot of wrapping and, you know, coating and, and tiger balm and things to get your, your, your loins girded up for the next stage, clearly. Uh, and then we, uh, we have to, do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Sorry, I was losing myself there. Yeah, I know. I, I was just, because I, I was going into that, that one time. You said loins. Tiger, and then you. It was loins. And then it was, then I was lost. Yep. That's a trigger word for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cow. But I would say like, yeah, let's go going from infant to toddler. Now infant or maybe toddler to whatever, to actual kids. Um the the I feel like in, the the thing is is you've got a little bit of revenue coming in. Uh and then we want to ramp that up a bit. So it doesn't necessarily mean we don't the next step is not turning pro. The next step is not being a professional in this. The next step is it, there's there's going to be several steps before you're, you know, been coasting for seven years and know exactly what this business is about. Yep. Right. That's what turning pro looks like. Now there's things we can do that, that can be a one step above a maturity level than where we are right now. And yep. I think, I think that's a, that's a more helpful phrase, you know, terms to, to couch it in because we think the next step's going to be like, okay, and then I'll be done. And, and if we do that, our expectations are literally going to ruin our, our, the way we feel yep. about this thing when we get there and then you realize there's another step and another step and another step and it feels never ending. Yep. So I don't know, given so, that you've been writing notes, Corbett, let's yeah, get into it. Yeah. So I, I was serious earlier when I said like first chill out 
because the speed is different at this point, right? So at first you're just, you know, you're able to stay up all night, cram, 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 trying to figure out just what is the one thing that I can offer that's of value that people will pay for? What's the one shred of evidence that I can come up with that this is a business opportunity? And you're just on a very short term time horizon at that point, you know, the infant point. And so when you're becoming an adolescent, you need to settle in and realize that this is this is a long-term journey. And I would recalibrate my time horizon at this point and say, okay, this is going to be going on for the next five years. And I could easily burn myself out spinning my wheels trying to force this thing into adolescence right now. Yeah. But I need to just let it happen. So I need to relax and set my time horizon differently. The next thing I would do is realize that you've probably been, been taking Paul Graham's advice and you've been doing things that won't scale intentionally. Mm-hmm. Just to figure out like, okay, what if I call every single customer on the phone and, you know, and then what if I, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and these are all like super time intensive things. If you want the business to grow, you need to start observing those time sinks, the things that are taking you a lot of time and figure out which ones maybe don't scale, but do provide a lot of value that you should keep doing. And then the others that maybe you should start farming out or you should systematize or automate or something so that you buy yourself enough time to start looking at the business objectively uh, so that you can do the next thing, which is make a customer journey map and think about for the whole, you know, when from the time someone comes into contact with me or my brand until they're a customer that's been around for five years that loves me and recommends me to everybody yeah. What what stages do they go through in that relationship with me? And what does it look like through their eyes? Mm-hmm. And what parts are really rough and missing right now? And what parts are good? And what am I doing well and not so well? Yeah. Um, and then break down all of those parts and figure out what matters and what doesn't matter. Mm. And we internally, we're sort of at this stage, adolescent stage. Mm-hmm. We've decided to focus on things as themes because... With a four-person team, it's really easy to come up with projects that would take us five years to finish. Sure. And you lose interest, and you get stuck in a rat hole, and you don't get anything done. So what we've decided to do is we broke down all the different things that we think matter to us, and we cycle through them and say, okay, for the next three months, we're going to focus on this one theme. For example, uh, the past few months, we focused on member success and satisfaction as a theme. So what can we do to improve those things? Now, we're going to focus on growth. So what we can what can we do to focus on getting more people to try our service out? And we cycle through different themes like that. And that helps us focus as a team, knock some stuff yeah. out. And then at the end of that, we go, did we make any progress? Yes or no? Um, and we try to just set it aside and then move on to another theme and then mm-hmm. come back to it eventually. Yeah. Uh as you're as you're saying that, one of the things that's been like the the biggest rub for me in the last two years of doing fizzle has been that we can generate a to-do list and, and a lot of amazing ideas right. that we could that'll take us us our team the next like six years to, to complete. Yep. basically, right. Um, so it's this constant struggle of those are great ideas, but what can I do right now? Yep. Or what can be actually what is what is realistic and accomplishable given the constraints of our resources? And um, for that reason, one in- incredibly huge tip. And this is just I guess because I'm I am just a, a wait. Marketer. You just said this is an incredibly huge tip coming. I guess you're right. You did. You so know. it better be good. It, it is. You kind of let that fly and then you moved on real well, quick. I but I just want to point out fast. that was the lead up. But the truth is, this is an incredibly huge tip for okay. me. This okay. is my huge tip. Okay. Let's and see. so if we were playing just the just Chase's tip, yep. 
and it was just like, okay, let's everybody just, gets one. Everybody just gets one piece of Chase's tip. Yep. Then this would be the one tip that I would like just give you a little bit of. Okay. Right. Um, which would be getting to the heart of what you actually f-ing do. Let me set a little marker there. <laughs> a little bleep marker. Um, you could you you when we think of scaling up a business, I think there's a real tendency to go like okay let's draw a diagram let's pr- draw a bunch of circles and like there's 15 million there's like 15 sections we could do to establish growth and these several v- verticals and yada yada, yada yeah. you know what i mean we could do a bunch of stuff okay well really uh you're gonna have the same damn problem that every startup has that every little business has is i have i want to do a mile, but all I can afford to do, or all the only the only time and resources that I have to do, is like basically in the next twelve inches. You know what I mean? And or or not, inch. that, not that it's about size, right? Yeah. But um, so for me, getting to the heart of what it is that you really do, what is the honest, what actual value are you making? Yes. Who is that value for? Okay. And like you're talking about doing things that that don't scale. This is amazing advice from a really bright mind in startup world. Like for in the beginning, do things that don't scale. Go door to door, call everyone on the phone, do, like write everyone a personal email, right? Yep. All of this stuff. Do this because you get steeped in a, in, a, in a mentality and you start to see things. You start to see what you actually do when you get that close to the customer. Yep. So getting to be able to honestly know what you do, what value you offer people, what the use of your product or information or service is is more important than anything you could possibly do. And resist the urge to just pile on more features to make it better, because it doesn't. Exactly. It makes it worse. Let's. Um, can we add that Des Trainer uh, product development oh, video? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. guy from Intercom? Totally. That's totally. great. Caleb, will you tungle that? We'll put it in the yep. show notes. Tungle it. Um, so, so for me, really getting... And, and what does it sound like? This sounds like ethereal mumbo-jumbo. Let me try to make it like practical and Of and course useful. it does. Getting... <laughs> of course, it's me. Um... But getting to the value of what you actually do, being able to know that, and then going deeper on that is such a big deal in comparison to, oh, let's just spin up an AdWords campaign. Oh, let's here, let's try Facebook marketing. Let's segment our audience and make multiple landing pages. Oh, hey, let's try to write a guest post. Let's this, that, and the other. But in doing that, it's like it's, like, it's work about work, and sometimes you have to go shotgun and try a bunch of stuff. Like we're, We'll have to do that soon. We'll just have to try a bunch of stuff and see what works, you know? But we're doing it with two years of of revenue and of learning really clo- from really close to our audience what it is that we're actually doing for them. And I'm mm-hmm. two years into it and I'm still learning about that. You know what I mean? What are the roadblocks? So Boy, I love howdy. when you say customer journey map because from from total newbie to total expert in your topic and your niche and your specific sort of thing that you talk about, whether it's hypnosis or or uh, you know underwater basket weaving or sailing or uh, you know leather craft. Or whatever, right? From a total newbie to a total badass in this thing. What are the stages along the way, uh, so that you can then you 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 probably focus on maybe one stage of this thing? Mm-hmm. How can you then maybe add the next stage or the one just before that, so you can get a little bit more of your audience on that same exact journey map, on that same line to becoming a badass leather worker or whatever it ends up being. <laughs> that was a burp. I hope we can. I hope that comes through. It, it wasn't on, really. A bur- it was a. It was a deep down chest rumble. It was. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. like a burp in your belly. Yeah. Exactly. It was a belly. It didn't burp. go anywhere. I don't know, Caleb. What are you hearing over there? Well, I think you need to simplify as much as possible when you're growing your business because when you start to either earn more or have bigger reach or have more employees or whatever, like it's really easy for things to get 
really overcomplicated. And I yeah. think that when we added Barrett, things actually got simpler for us because we each kind of took a step back and we we're like, okay, what should all of our roles be? And mm-hmm. what should each of us focus on instead yeah. of like, okay, now we have another person. Let's do like 33% more work. You know, it's like, yeah. let's just do the work we have better and assign it to the right people and worry about how stuff gets done and that it gets done on time instead of like, okay, now we can do a ton more stuff. Yeah, we yeah. did add stuff that Barrett does that we didn't do before, but mm-hmm. a lot of it was just like more headspace for each of us to do what we're doing yeah. better. I and think. what you're getting to is, a, is, a, is like just an essential truth of communication that, that, that now the bigger you get, the more you have to make sense like, like that, like yep. in the blink of an eye. You really, we really have this ph- phenomenal responsibility to make sense very quickly. Just like a movie does. Like a movie has to be like in order for it to be a big movie, let me let me qualify that. It needs to make sense really quickly. Oh, this is about a boy discovering himself and falling in love. Oh, this is about X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, and that, and then, oh, this is an M night Shyamalan Malayan movie. And it's gonna be weird. You like missed we, one you missed one Shyamalan Malayan Lyam Lion Lion. No, you missed a Lama. I missed a Lama Lama. And then a ding dong. I hate missing the ding dong. <laughs> Those are my favorite bits. Um, but but uh, like we we just have this. You could have the most phenomenal idea in the world that could literally it could cure the world of small mindedness, racism, and bigotry, right? But you have the responsibility. <laughs> Those <are> the same thing. <laughs> Those maybe they maybe they are. <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but you have this also now. You have this responsibility or this challenge, whichever way you want to look at it, of actually making that make sense to mm. the people. To the people, right? The peeps. The peeps. And that's really, like, you could go make the most amazing discoveries in the whole world, but now you actually have to put a headline on it that's going to get clicked. And I just realized I think that we, we have to joke around uh, when we tape these because if you just listen to the words coming out of our mouths, yeah, they're crazy. They're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. They are so ridiculous. Because and so we have to make fun of what we say. Yeah. Otherwise, it just doesn't come out. Well, right. what, what, what's in that? What's in that is is kind of like what we were getting at at the beginning of the show that, like, these are just ideas. These are things that we're really struggling with. Like we have to put a headline at the top of our page yeah. because this is how the human brain works. Yeah. Just like uh, if we just started with words. Just like screenwriters, small words. just like screenwriters know, you have the main character do several things really really nice to, you know, like the the old adage is he saves a cat or he pets a dog or he he and goes out he, of his way and to, then he's a, when he's a dick, you're like, but but now there's you good have, in there yes, somewhere. Now you care about this character enough to 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 care about whether or not he wins this fight or wins this this thing that ends up happening. If These are simple, basic things that that's how humans understand. Yeah. But what we but in our regular lives we have whole lifetimes to learn about that uh, about the ways our our dad is actually a good guy. It took me 28 years to see that. Right. And then and then it's like oh once I started having kind of a life that looked a little bit more like his. Instead of being like, you don't skateboard, Dad. You don't know nothing. You know what I mean? I'm going to go do drugs with my friends. Yeah. You know, instead of that. But he like, plays golf, which is like the, my, the older <laughs> person's equivalent. No, he, he tries to drive it really far, which is like the skateboarding yeah, of, exactly. of 60-year-olds. <clears throat> but, um, but, you know, your perspective shifts. And we, have, and we have now, you know, a bunch of 30 years to learn about someone versus an hour and a half, which is where we want to be in the theater for. You know, and same thing with. With our business, with our sales page, with the with when someone tries to understand what we do, oh, man. it really needs to simplify. It needs to occupy. It needs to find existing territory in our in our visitors' minds, mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh, this is like Rudy." You know, it's the underdog story, but for <laughs> but for internet connectivity or something like that. Yeah, 
I don't know. Caleb, what, I, I mean, is are we saying crazy stuff? I'm trying to reiterate what you're saying from that perspective of, as for me as a designer and a copywriter, like that simplification is the first and most essential thing that we have to do. Like, yeah, and I mean, I was talking about it in like business process wise, like what uh, you yeah. actually do and how you do it and who's in charge of what. And you're seeing that through like the visual and the yeah. brand and the... Yeah, website I mean, and all that stuff, simplifying that as well. And I, I think like you see a successful startup, and they have some of the most simple homepages possible. Oh, yeah. You see a blogger, and there's like 40 some have like click five on. five yeah. words and yeah, and, 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 and one thirty second video. <laughs> yeah. You know? So uh, okay, well, let's 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 uh, come to a conclusion here on on Shana. Uh, if I were to tell you one thing, Shana, from all of that mess, I would say. I guess one of the things we forgot to say is, hey, congratulations! This is awesome. This mm-hmm. is I would I would more importantly I would say this is great. You're on the right track. Oftentimes it isn't like a thing you do; it just kind of grows over time. Um, there's a lot of crazy tactics and this, that, and the other. But for me, it would be really nailing what it is that you do. What what where the the honest to god value of your product service thing is, and going deeper on that somehow. Mm-hmm. So either making uh, a second, if that was product 1.0 for for beginners, make product 2.0 for to go just the next step, right? Could, which could be half the size of the first product, and 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 then we're, then we're we've got a reputation of I help people on this journey, right? Um, so for some, in some way, find out what you act, what it is that you actually do for these people, and uh, and go deeper on that. You're smart. It sounds like if you've got a business, you're, you're, you're having ideas and you're executing them. Yeah. Right. So you're smart enough to, to probably be able to journal about that and figure it out what that looks like for you. Journal it. Tungle it. I'd say focus on the things that you care about that feel good to you and that you want to do more of, not on the things that you think are going to grow the business because I've we've sort of found that growing a business is a lot like uh, getting search traffic. Oh, I was really, <laughs> I was really, I was hoping we could just riff on that. Growing a business is a lot like, it's you like, know, that first time when dot, you're with dot, a dot. when you're with a friend and <laughs> when your dad takes you to a whorehouse for the first time. <laughs> you know, when you're like in a movie theater and and your buddy sort of like puts his popcorn on your lap. <laughs> you know, when you're like riding a bike. <laughs> And you sort of, you know, when you're in the back of a van, that's what growing a business is on like. a bumpy road. There's church camp. I was gonna say, yeah. People worry about search engine optimization all the time. How yeah. do I get more search traffic? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And what we tell them over and over again is, it doesn't matter because it's going to happen naturally. Write things that people are looking for, and eventually, yeah. if you stick around long enough and you write things that are valuable enough. You're going to get search traffic anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well focus on the things that you want to write about, the things that you think matter, the things that you think will influence people and impact their lives. And growing a business is a lot the same. Yeah, You can worry about the tactics and the metrics and the things that you think you need to be doing to grow the business. But if you focus on the things that feel good to you that you want to work on and the things that you think are just going to impact people the most, your business is going to grow anyway. Yeah. So to me, that's the, the clear answer. But like, well, you, you're one of the ones of us who has the most experience in scaling a business, right? Mm. So like for ours, I mean, the, the, the irony, or I guess the, the perfect timing of this is we're in this question, we're in the same exact question. We're just about to switch gears from one theme. How do we make our customers more successful to another theme 
which is, okay, now that we know what that process looks like and we've got the, the things in place for that, how do we get more people to find mm-hmm. out about Fizzle and give it a try? Yep. Um, and so we're, we're drawing diagrams and we're figuring through this stuff. I mean, you, re- you generated this big list of like, here's a bun- bunch of different stuff that we could do. Yep. And here's, a, I guess, here's, to me, this is the takeaway. I look at that list and I, my eyes kind of slowly glaze over. But I have one idea that I know I could... I could, for me, I mean, well, I could, we know we've wanted to, to test different variations on the homepage for a really long time. Yep. Just big video up front, just a couple lines of text. Well, and we did and before, button. but yeah. Yeah. And, and like, but just seeing what that's like. Right. Trying a few, so there's conversion, there's like trying different sales pages and figuring out what messages work best and yada, yada, yada. There's, uh, there's, uh, there's other stuff on the list, like, like doing guest posts. Like, like we have a lot of friends who all have big audiences. That's another thing. I mean, these are all things that we're thinking about in the same capacity, uh, that, that Shana is about how do I take this to the next level, which for us, it started out taking things to the next level was first of all, how do I make our product better? Mm-hmm. Right. So we spent, we invested three months in that. We, we brought on Barrett Brooks to, to like be the guru of customer success and make things happen. That's not his actual title. People guru give us, we don't have, we don't have guru in the titles. Well, he's, he's Indian. So we want to make it. What I like about Barrett and the way that he approaches business is it's never really much of a science for him. It's a very love based, uh, human based, humanities based, uh, sort of, I would like a popper dumb. Could you give me a popper dumb? <laughs> is that ping pong? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to our Indian contingent after this. I love it. I love it. That's what a month in Sri Lanka will get you. That's right. The head waggle. All right. So, so that was yours. Sorry. And and Caleb, what, what was the one thing that you you would say if she, if Shana got one thing out of this? What, what would it be? Well, simplify as much as you can with the things you do already, and then before you start adding more things on or adding more people, like think through how you can make that not ruin your life by like how many hours you have to work and how miserable you could be. Cause I mean, you guys have seen it. People that, you know, they're happy with wherever their business is at. And then they think, Oh, I have to hire people or I have to grow bigger. And then they do that. And then they start becoming miserable because they, yeah. what they yeah. liked about the business is now gone. And now they just work on stuff. They don't want to work on they and have to manage it. people and stuff. Yeah. So damn near killed them. Don't ruin the business. It's by like when your marriage is going well. Yeah. So you bring in a second, <laughs> a sister wife. Yeah. You bring in a second it's spouse. Just like that. Oh gosh, that's perfect. You're like, so, if one is good, then yeah, yeah. So Shane, I guess the point is, if if you are seeing somebody, don't just an, don't, don't don't get another husband involved. I mean, more than any more than anything else you've heard, that's that's some solid rich tips right there. Yep, Caleb. I think we've got time for one more. Let's okay. uh, let's dive deep, maybe deepish into into one more. Okay, so this one comes from Kelby Barker, and it's about taking stuff from an old site when you're like starting a new site, and whether you should keep them together. Hey guys, my name's Kelby. You guys got back to me a while ago on the air. Uh, it's a question about uh, which is better to work on an email hook or to work on an actual project first, an actual product to uh, sell into your audience. I was super stoked that you guys got back to me. Really, really awesome that I actually got covered on the show because I'm a huge fan. Um, well, anyway, after uh, after I listened to the episode, I, I, I did the both and that you guys were recommending. Uh, my my hook was based on the product, and the product was a, a vocabulary learning guide for learners of Chinese of Mandarin Chinese. Uh, because there's this big debate within the community about when to learn Chinese characters and all this stuff. And um, but but through the process, I I drew in uh, a motley crew. Um, really really kind of interested in um, the the stuff that I've been writing about right lately. And uh, through through connecting with them, I've I've really kind of found a pain point with them, which is 
um, when you're learning Chinese and you don't live in China, uh, especially when you're trying to learn how to read, it's really hard to find books and really, really hard to find stuff that you can, you can practice with, with which is at, a, at an appropriate level. And if you can find stuff online when you're outside of China, it's usually stuff that's way over your head. Uh, so uh, following the Just Ship a Challenge and the first product series that uh, you guys have been doing on the podcast, which, is, which has been great, I've uh, been putting together a, a, a small study community um, with uh, some of my members uh, in the shape of a, a small forum where I've been putting out some, I've been, I, I live in China, so I've been finding some materials for them and I've been putting them up on, on the forum and we've been discussing them. It's been working great. Uh, I, re- I really feel like I've, I've really found what I'm looking for and I've really found a, a mission that I can, I can, I can really speak to with some authority because I've, I've been there too. What I'm kind of wondering is I've, I've pivoted. I figured out that the problem that I was solving isn't really something that I'm all that into or wild about. And now I've changed directions, but I still have this old stuff sitting around on my site, which speaks to that old product. Now that could draw in people who aren't really interested in my own my own mission, my my current mission, and all this stuff. So I'm just wondering, what do I do with the old stuff now that I've pivoted? Is it is it bad to get rid of it? Is it bad to keep it? Uh, what do you guys think? Thank you so much. Love the show. I'll probably listen no matter what you talk to talk about. So keep it up. Oh, thanks, Kelby. That's wonderful. Thanks, Kelby. We it, sh- he should probably work for us because his name's kind of like a. It fits right in there. It's yeah, like yeah. Corbett, Caleb, Corbett, Kelby, Caleb, Kelby. <laughs> that is hard. Um, you know what I love to, before we even get in the question. I love that that Kelby's like like going through the the uh, thirty day just ship it challenge. You know, which is a thing on our site. You could sign up for it any time with these thirty day email sequence thing that like gets you to actually commit to stuff and actually do it. A lot of people you find are, that from the blog, right? Just go to fizzle.co slash sparkline and it'll be in the sidebar. Yes. It's right yeah. in the sidebar. And then, um, well, depending on when you listen to this, it might be seven years from now. Who knows? We might be a real big deal at one day. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, the internet is forever, right? But then he's also talking about the, the, uh, uh, product series, uh, of podcast episodes that, that mm-hmm. we did, right? That's a good one. And you could literally go from that, get your idea to, uh, to the 30 day challenge. And in, in 30 days, you can have something out there and be like, okay, now I know exactly what it's like to have an idea for a product, mm-hmm. to make it and to get it out there and to realize what it's like to actually now do the hard work of trying to get people to pay attention to it. And we can be a lot more intelligent in our second go round. So Kelby, more power to you. Thanks for actually using this stuff. Uh, it really, it, it's awesome to hear it. And now to your question, uh, Caleb, would you summarize really quickly what you heard him asking? Yeah, so he had a site about one thing, and the new site's going to be about something else, but kind of related, and he's wondering if he should keep all of the old stuff that's on there, like all the old blog posts and pages and stuff, or whether he should get rid of them and start fresh. And Did- I know, Corbett, you've been through this a few times, so have yeah. I, I don't know if you've been through that before chase or have you always started fresh with sites and yeah. did you guys get the feeling that when he says it's on something new it's still about learning yeah Chinese? it sounds like it's, it's still about same, learning mandarin same related, topic yeah. it's just a niche. different approach yeah, or something, something like yeah that. so uh so caleb start with you what was what, what your experience been with with transferring from one sort of genre to another so my changes were completely different um i went from personal finance to entrepreneurship and now i talk about video and I just kept everything in the archives because I didn't want to have to manage multiple sites. And I wanted my current site to continue to just have the rankings it ranked for, even if it was like old SEO terms and stuff like that. 
I didn't want to have multiple sites and I could have maybe taken the personal finance site, just left it there, streamlined it for like anyone that ever got there the first time and like optimized it to like make sales for a product or something like that. But I didn't really want to do that. I just wanted all of my stuff I'd ever made in one place. And your old stuff is radically different from your new stuff. Yeah, it's completely different topics. Yeah. Years old. It's interesting as you as you talk about that. I I mean one one immediate idea that I've done before is a new essentially a site wide message. So imagine if your sidebar uh, has at the very top of it like an about you. Uh, and by the way, I love this. Like looking at like so we released the uh, uh, minimalist baker partnered with Fizzle for uh, to make a food blogging course, which is awesome. It's it's great. And then when I, so from that, I've started in the forums. There's a lot of talk about food blogging. So I'm on much more food blogs than I ever had been before. And it's great because there's like, they're all kind of like doing the same thing. And that like the top right is, you know, some picture. <laughs> Typically it's a circle of their face doing something zany or something like them. Like holding and, a pineapple. Yeah, holding a pineapple. And, uh, and then some great copy about like who they are. Normally it's really, really personable copy because these are food blogs and it's like oh who am i who am i listening to i just want to get a a sense for like what sort of lifestyle you live and what kind of food you do and i've I've really it's i mean that's been around since the beginning of blogs basically is that upper right hand or left hand side depending on where your sidebar is that bit about you and about what the site is about uh and I just don't think that's broken. And I think so much of how someone reads your material could come from just their glances at that. You know, it could simply say, you know, this is a site for people looking for great re- reading material, who are, for people who are learning Mandarin to, to, for great reading, reading material or whatever, right? Or something like that. Um, it's so hard to find good books to read. This site, at this site, we help people, yada, yada, right? right? If, if that's the value proposition or whatever you want to call it, the main sort of tagline of the thing. Then if I'm reading this old post about like uh, when to bring in characters to my right. Chinese learning experience, then I'm kind of reading it with that context. Yeah. So first of all, the sideboard message, but then also we've done it before where um, there's actually a site-wide wide message or, or a little box that I put in old posts. Uh-huh. Hey, FYI, this is an older post, but I've kept it around because it's really important to think about uh, if you're interested in, in what books to read about when you're learning, you know, that, yep. click here to, to learn more, right? Something like that makes a ton of sense. Another, the third variable is to go through and kind of like loosely edit those by just kind of adding a lead paragraph in the very beginning that says, now typically we talk about X, Y, and Z on this site, but I wanted to include this conversation below because I've been doing a lot of thinking about, mm-hmm. right? And then you go into the old post. Um so it it just what it does is instead of making it feel like you're in a completely different universe, it it pulls this stuff that clearly shares a border with your with your new value proposition or whatever your new direction, uh, and it and it now the context of that stuff it makes a lot more sense in the direction that you're actually going. So those are just three really specific sort of tacticy things mm-hmm. yep. on the site that that because I mean I'm, I guess I'm the guy who who does think about how does this make sense to a visitor because we have so much work to do to make sense to them. Um, it's so ch- difficult to do so. So those are three ways that I've done in the past on my sites and other people's sites to to help make that old content. Because the truth is, Kelby, you're not alone. Like this is a parent. This is like been around. This yeah. question has been around for as long as there's been blogs. Yeah, you know, people have always figured had these struggles. I still do with just personal blogs. You go back five years and see what you wrote five years ago. You're not going to feel great about it. You know, but you can leave it there if you've got enough balls to say like this is a historical record. Yeah. Of, of my journey. Yep. You know. Yeah, we um, I've been through this a lot, as Caleb had said before, and I think 
there are a lot of different ways you can go and you can do anything you want. This is your content. So it's kind of up to you. You could retire it. You could leave it where it is. You could move it over with a special message. You could move it over and not say anything. You can cherry pick certain things that you want to move over, which is what we've done in a lot of cases. Um, you know, and I, I think it's easy to overthink this a little bit too, and think that there's some perfect op- optimization. Yeah. But you know, in in reality, probably the people that are coming to these old posts aren't going to recognize the nuances in the differences between the old stuff and the new stuff as much as yep. you do. So the old stuff might be more relevant to them than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just consider like, are people really visiting those old posts that much? Yeah. You know, are are you getting hundreds of visitors or thousands of visitors to those old posts? Mm-hmm. And if not, maybe maybe it's not worth it. You know, just and you for can your also own. like in WordPress, you could just leave them private. Yeah. A- instead of deleting them, them out, later. right? You yeah. Can... You could uh, you could rewrite them. You could like you know uh, take them down so they're not public anymore, mm-hmm. and then bring them back later, republish them in a rewritten form that that jibes more with your new yeah. direction. Yeah. Tell tell us what specifically we did with. There's some content that we left at Think Traffic, yeah, and and most of it we brought over to. Yeah, so the, we. I mean, go back even further than that, though. Yeah, I mean, like, so, go to Free Pursuits and all the way to now. Yeah, so I I started a blog in 2009, uh, a personal blog, which then became so it had a brand called Free Pursuits, and then I transitioned that to my own domain name, so it was under my name, it was my personal brand, and in that case, it was just a domain switch, so mm-hmm. everything came over. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, eventually I rolled all of that into think traffic. And in that case, I believe Caleb that we, uh, cherry picked and basically brought 80% of what was at my personal domain into think traffic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think there were some old posts that were maybe about launches and they like were random update, stuff like yeah. that or like, yeah, they, they didn't stand on their own. They were more right. like, uh, times time specific. So we left those or we just uh, unpublished those. They don't mm-hmm. exist anymore. Yeah. Then when we merged think traffic with, um, the Sparkline at fizzle, we just basically brought over the best, of the best, the things that we thought really stood on their own, stood the test of time that we thought really fit with the ethos of fizzle. Mm-hmm. And that was, I don't know, probably half or a little more than half of what we had at think traffic. The rest we left behind and you can still access them. Yeah. Uh, there if if you click through from some other site they're yeah. still there yeah. so yeah and and that was a it was interesting because i think there is something different between uh like think traffic was really established it had, it had a huge following um and then we created something brand new out of that mm-hmm. with the existing audience yeah. and we knew because think traffic was already a substantial entity that this new one was going to be yeah so we it's, wanted to populate it with just the best of the best mm-hmm. uh moving forward it was going to be a completely and entirely new entity fizzle and but we didn't want to get rid of those posts and we also didn't want them with, with us so it's like we just found we, this is the way we decided was the best way to go we've had i mean i've, I've gotten angry we've gotten angry emails from people who are like how idiot uh, idiotic could you be yeah to take this existing brand and to just on it like this yeah and it's like no we're not on it you know we're we're, we're moving we're, on to a new project we're transitioning and we, we you don't you can't get addicted to the past you can't get addicted to the nostalgia i think literally nostalgia will will make us capable of not making anything new eventually right, right? and true. of not moving on when the world does and not not pre you know what there's there's quote there's one great quote about uh entrepreneurship if you want to be an entrepreneur live in the future and and make what you see there <laughs> you know what i mean yeah because when you know you're, you'll be on one of the first, you know, thousand people on Twitter, or one of the first, you know, five hundred thousand people doing it like this or doing that like that, and you see what this thing is beforehand, 
and then you start orient, you start creating things for people who will inevitably start using it that way. Yep. That's like living in the future and making it that way. That's how you become an entrepreneur. It's not, it's, it's not by going backwards and being nostalgic about what, what your brand was when that's a great way to be forgotten. That's an awesome way to just, to give up. That's why I yeah. love this moving on. And, it's, it's and all- I, I don't know what, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that um, we've, uh, my wife is an artist. We've known artists who have burned their entire body of work to yeah. start fresh. Yeah. We know uh, comedians do this all the time. They start yeah. over and you don't fault writers for moving on from the book they just wrote to start on something entirely new. But yeah. yet, for some reason with a blog, people feel like it has to exist forever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so maybe, you know, maybe the right answer is, package up everything from your old work, turn it into a PDF and just make it one PDF. You yeah. know, this, this was a blog from this year to this year. Here's the best collection of everything yeah. that, that used to be. You and know? Caleb, you, did you do that? Or I know you mentioned doing something like that before. No, it's just all in the archives, but okay. then like the most popular posts that still get SEO traffic and stuff, they just lead to like the product that I made at the yeah. end of mm-hmm. the personal finance yeah. era. of. I love that idea. Like it's always been a, a dream of mine is to like take, an old thing like Father Apprentice. I still have that book somewhere, and it's still some people are from who I've mentioned on the show before. They're still riding my ass about like I just putting that out. Um, but about like you know taking the old thing, really tying it up with a bow, and doing the work, doing the 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 next twenty percent of work that it would take to actually tie this thing up into a nice little package to make it what it what it was mostly this you know it is a challenge with blogs because they're different they're i really like to be project-based where a business or a book or whatever is a project and you work on it for a while and then but a blog is a different sort of thing because it has a beginning but it doesn't usually have an end yeah and so what do you do with a podcast yeah Yeah. Yeah. and so what do you do in those cases i mean podcasts yeah yeah exactly so this is this is a great question this could make a really great blog post if we found some examples of how different people had wrapped up those yeah. sorts of projects. And another great example of there's, there's a million ways to do this and none of them are going to be right or wrong. Right. So, I mean, what, what you're doing right, Kelby, is you're realizing you've created an audience around a specific topic and you're, you're, you've found a really, I love the way you say, like I found a, a really common sticking, like a, a common problem for these people. It's like finding reading material. That is an amazing, great little tiny leverageable utilitarian problem to like solve. That mm-hmm. you could totally find a solution to that problem, and then you can be the curator of of that for them. And and, and what a great way to like help make something for someone's butthole. Mutt hole. <sighs> You're gonna wrap it up right now, aren't you? I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> I've been Corbett Barr. <laughs> what was your thought right there? What's going I just, through your head? <laughs> you said the word butthole, and then you and then you just wrapped it up. <laughs> Cool? No, I don't know. Do Is there wrap-up rules? <laughs> what if, what if, like, I go get hit by a car, and that's the last thing I ever heard you say? <laughs> I mean, but you know, to be honest, the chances of that sort of thing happening with you and I are pretty high. Yeah, yeah, we are. We do. Live Usually, it's even it. worse than that. Yeah, <laughs> I have been Chase Wardman Reed. I've been Corbett begrudgingly ending the podcast bar. Begrudgingly bar. <laughs> and I have been Caleb Lawrence watching. <laughs> Middle name and begrudgingly. <laughs> Our thanks to Shayna and Kelby for your questions. We love hearing from you guys. You, yes, yes, you, listener. Yeah, the headphones going into your your brain holes. Uh, you could ask your question of us. What are you struggling with? What are you thinking through right now? 
let, let, just give it a shot. Give it, ask it. We'll do our best to answer it on the air. You can go to fizzleshow.co slash ask, and you can record your question or write it in. For notes on this episode and links, including that killer seven-minute, just seven-minute video by Des Trainer that Corbett mentions, uh, fizzleshow.co slash 64. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 64 is where you can find that stuff and more. Listen, I want to read to you our very first rating we ever got on iTunes from Chris O'Byrne in the U.S. on June 3rd, 2013. He says, these guys really know their stuff and have proved it time and again. If you're an entrepreneur, you're going to learn something from this podcast that will absolutely help your business. That's it. That's all, he, that's all he wrote. It's so easy. You you could do that. It's so easy. Yeah, we could all do this, right? So if you like this episode, if you like what we do here at The Fizzle Show, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us because uh, so we hear it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find the show. So simply search for the show on the seashells. She, she sells seashells. Search for the show in the iTunes store and click right a review. Listen. Just don't quit. You're learning. Of course you don't have a clue what you're doing. Neither do we. None of us do. But you can still find your crew, your audience. You can find yourself. And keep making stuff that's useful. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. Talk to you next Fizzle Friday.